NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Fascinating how life works. You know, you roll along, you achieve the dream, and you realize you're still young and what comes next. And I think that in various stages, we've all been there. We've all done it. Aaron, you you, 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 you want to get racing? You, you climb the ladder, you climb, you scratch, you claw, you dig, you get to the promised land, and then all of a sudden your promised land is like, well, wait a minute. Maybe this is not what I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, I always, I always find the the life journey of people is fascinating. Yeah, you know, th- there's ups and downs with it. You know, I, I probably stopped racing before I wanted to because of funding, whatever reasons. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and you go through different emotions. It was part of me that was like, I, I kind of knew I was done, and I w- knew I wanted to have a family and whatever. But there's still emotions. You miss yeah. being at the track. You miss the the team. You miss the camaraderie. You miss being at the racetrack. Just being there. So. Uh, I love talking to, to drivers like we're going to do today about that next step in life because there's exciting new things, but there's also a lot that you kind of leave behind. You, uh, I'm getting rather personal here. You seem to absolutely love the role as Kate's mom. I do. I I, I do. And I think from the time I, I even got serious about racing, I always said that by the time I was 30-something, like, I, I want to be done. I want to have so family. So you kind of like, knew mom. Yeah. You knew mom. There was a the, – the, 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 Ticking time clock or whatever yeah, which they call is it. Yeah, it's kind of weird now looking back. But I remember having a conversation with even Mike Woodring, who I drove for in sprint cars. Yeah. I had this plan that I, I really wanted to go IndyCar racing. But I was like, I know someday I want to have a family. And I, luckily, fortunate enough to have that. Right. And I'm the type of person that most race car drivers, most people in life are in some degree, is like black or white. Like, I'm all in. So right. I knew yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. I don't know, as a mom, to, to race a sprint car is kind of a, a selfish thing. You know, it, it requires all this time. It's not like it's a you huge can race. commitment. Yeah, you can't just show up. Yeah. yeah, and at my level of skill, I couldn't race part-time and be successful. So um, I, I do. I love being Kate's mom. And, you know, and now as she's starting to become a little independent in school, I'm like, hmm, what am I going to do? But I don't know about get back behind the wheel. But it, I think that the whole the career transitions are really interesting. It's you fascinating. Know, one time I, I spent a – a long time talking to Rusty Wallace in a sit-down interview about his retirement. And it was it was emotional. It had me, like, you know, yeah. crying almost. It, it was – he was ready. It was time. His family was ready. But he talked about, like, the, that last day walking into the racetrack at Homestead and, and just knowing this was the last time the fans were going to react like that. And it was it was really wild. And it's interesting. It's interesting you bring up Rusty, and this is no cue on it. Rusty's our analyst now yeah. on MRN, yeah. and it's found to scratch that itch to get yeah. to the racetrack for him. 
um, and yet have a life and have all of those other things that don't come along with being a race car driver. Yeah. So it's fascinating. And uh, we're going to talk to Darren Pittman today yep. because Darren has been going through that transition, mm-hmm. including, I think, house hunting in Texas. She's Aaron Evernham. I'm Steve Post. This is Wing Nation, our podcast presented by Drydeen and by DRF Oils. We're in the Hercules Tire Studios here in Concord, North Carolina. And I'm anxious to talk to Darren because this has been – it's funny. These things evolve. It seems like with Darren, it's been a slow-moving process. Yeah. It's only been – it's been less than a year since he announced that he was – but we had the, the near miss in January when he had the thing all lined up, and then that went away. And it's like, okay. And I would occasionally send him a text. Always welcome to Wing Nation. I'm not going to put the guy in the spot and say, so what's going on yeah. when there's nothing going on? I always send him a text. Anything buttoned down yet? You want to talk? You're welcome to come on the show. Nope, nope, nope. Well, yeah. last week we got the word that things are buttoned up. We know that he's going to be working a real job, owning a real company, yep. and he's going to race a sprint car as yeah. well. Well, when you're as talented as Darren oh, Pittman, my God. you can do the part-time oh. racing still and start your well, that's, a, that's a nicer transition. I'm curious how his part-time <laughs> goes if it goes like Paul McMahon, because Paul McMahon has tried the part-time thing now, now a couple times. Full-time. He's full-time. <laughs> yeah, Paul McMahon is he's not succeeding at part-time times. race car driver. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. So that's what we're going to do. Can't wait to talk with Darren Pittman. And now for the Drydeen Death-Defying Move of the Week, where one driver simply amazes us with their on-track moves. Sneak to the inside and one and two. Slower car in front of the leaders. Gravel to the outside, sweep to the inside, slides up the racetrack and takes the lead. They get together on a turn three. Some contact there as Brad Sweet leads lap 24. That death-defying move was brought to you by Drydeen Diesel All Death, the official death of the world of outlaws and wheelmen everywhere. Visit drydean.com for more information. For decades, Drydean Lubricants has been made in America and made to last, paving the way on our highways, in our fields, and on the production line. Today, Drydean offers a complete line of engine oils, greases, hydraulic and transmission fluids, and diesel exhaust fluid. If you want greater performance and protection for your critical engines and equipment, go to drydean.com. Drydeen, American-owned and operated, and a proud supporter of racing and race fans everywhere. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you, plus you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules tires, ride on our strength. It is Wing Nation, our podcast presented by Drydeen by DRF Racing Oils. We're in the Hercules Tire Studios, and we're going to the Sage Fruit Hotline probably interrupting house hunting or something important <laughs> like that. Darren Pittman joins us. Hello, Darren. Welcome back to Wing Nation. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's been a while. Yes, it has been a while. So um, how is the house hunting going in Texas? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, we've actually uh, we've got a contract out on one right now and process trying to sell ours as well and trying to, um, you know, trying to do that after hours as best we can and, and uh, be uh, – uh, working in the business, learning and and uh, doing as much there as we can in a short amount of time. So it's uh, it's been busy. It's been busier than any of my family is used to being. Uh, the lifestyle that we've been accustomed to is uh, being a race car driver, but uh, it, it's been good and and we've been enjoying it. 
So you announced this week that you're going to be the new owners of Ultra Shield Racing Products. How did that come about? Is it something you've been interested in? I know you've mentioned uh, throughout the years that you want to stay in the industry and, you know, maybe get into the business world. But just tell us a little briefly how it came about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Robert um, has been a big supporter of mine for most of my sprint car career. So honestly, I've always enjoyed really working with him as seat technology and, and things have changed, you know, over the last 20, 25 years. And, um, you know, we've done a lot of trial and error. And every time I come up with something, he's always, uh, you know, gung-ho to try it. And so we, we've just always had a really good working relationship to keep me comfortable and keep me safe in the race car throughout my career. And uh, really about a year and a half ago, uh, PRI show, we went to dinner and, and uh, this that was the main reason we went was to, you know, they're uh, just at the point where they're not really ready to quit, but they're ready to, you know, start slowing down and uh, maybe not have the stress of every day, um, you know, owning a business and having to be here every single day and, and slow down a little bit. So they definitely are going to stay involved for quite some time, but uh, obviously um, as the years go on, they'll probably continue to, you know, step away a little bit more and more. So really that's, um, you know, how it all started and when it's, it's been a little while in the making and just took a while to get to this point. And then with COVID kind of, you know, sort of set us back a little bit as far as just not really knowing, uh, you know, how the country was going to respond to, you know, a, a pandemic and if that was the smartest time to buy a business. But, uh, uh, you know, my, I've always really had a passion for keeping myself safe as well, but really, you know, just safety in general and in all forms of racing. And so I just think it's a great fit as far as to, um, A, it's a racing business, but it's a, it's part of a racing business that, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of desire and a lot of passion and I feel like knowledge that, uh, you know, I can continue to, to make changes and, and hopefully continue to make the product and, and the sport safer. Darren, one of the things that I have truly enjoyed chatting with you about is just what you talked about, safety. And for for some time, you were kind of a, uh, I guess it was informal liaison. I, I know it wasn't a formal driver's rep, but you worked hand-in-hand with Carlton and everyone with the World of Outlaws on different things with the racetrack and, and that sort of thing. So to me, this really matches up your passion that has been there uh, beyond the beyond the, the the and maybe it is just the personal taking care of yourself. What has there been about that that you seem to have really gone over and above in 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 the safety field than than a lot of your a lot of your co drivers in the past have been? Well, I think it's just age. I mean, I think when we're all young, uh, you don't think about it. You know, you're young and dumb, and you, all you want to do is go and drive a sprint car, and, and that's the greatest job that uh, anybody can ever even think about doing. So. I just don't think it's on your mind. I mean, I've just been doing this long enough and I've been injured, you know, unfortunately enough times that you just try to learn from those things and, and how do we make it better? How do we prevent it? And I think as we get older and I think as, you know, you get married and you have kids and you just start to have a lot more on your plate. And so obviously that stuff just starts to play a bigger factor into what you're doing and, and how you look at life and how you look at, you know, everything in general. So, um, you know, and unfortunately, I think sprint car racing went a long time with no issues. And, and I mean, we, we had a, uh, you know, a really long period. And then, you know, unfortunately, over the last four or five years, it's been a rude awakening as to, you know, we, we weren't where we needed to be as an industry um, as far as safety goes. And, and it, it sucks that, you know, that we had to be reminded of that way and in, in, in different forms and between midgets and sprint cars. and. Um, 
you know, it's just something that all of us, we hate to see. We want to ignore it as long as we can because nobody wants to think about that, but we've just been reminded too much. And, and it's something that in the middle of all that, I've really tried to dissect, you know, what's happened and, and, and how do we do everything we can to prevent it. So I think just my age and, and the, the stage of life that I'm in is uh, really kind of more led me down that path and um, just really trying to keep myself safe and inform and, and become educated on, on uh, how and why things happen. When you talk about, uh, you know, safety and improvements in sprint cars, there, there's not, there's not a lot to work with in, inside of a sprint car. Obviously our seats have improved. We've made um, adjustments as, as things have gone on, but what are things that if you've already starting to think about, like what are areas that you think could be improved upon with the cars being as basic as they are? Yeah. I mean, I think that we've, the cars have really, just in the last, what, two years since they mandated some of the, the cage things, I think mm-hmm. has addressed some of the stuff. Um, honestly, I think the next step, that the obvious step to, to make everyone safer comes down to the racetracks. Um, I think that's the next biggest step. I, I think um, our cars are relatively as safe as we can ask them to be. I think the next step really comes down to uh, the tracks, whether or not that be – you know, their safety stuff or honestly just choosing what tracks we're going to and, you know, um, what our cars are capable of, of handling. And, you know, I was very glad that everything went really good at Bristol, but I'm a pretty firm believer that we just, we don't have any business being there. And, and that's, um, you know, and that's just because our, everything is designed to withstand so much. And, you know, in my opinion, I think that that place is just past that point. And, and uh, I think we were really fortunate that it, it was successful and, and went great. But, um, you know, I hope that, uh, you know, they look at that in the future as far as, um, you know, the cars were designed to go so fast and, and, and crash and, and your odds of getting walking away from it are really good. So, you know, there's a lot of things um, I think that the sport can still, it's always going to continue to adapt. Um, we're going to have to. Um, or we're, or we're going to keep getting reminded of, um, you know, things that we should have been trying to, um, you know, be uh, more proactive on rather than reactive. So, um, my standpoint from our business is, uh, we'll look at our seats and, and try to continue to, you know, watch what happens and, and, uh, you know, make changes that we feel like are going to make them safer, more comfortable and, uh, you know, make the drivers feel good so that, if nothing else, they, they, they at least feel that they're in the best equipment they can be at on the racetrack at any given time. To me, it's a juggling act, okay? Um, I remember, this goes back years and years, when NASCAR mandated a head and neck restraint, and I was doing PR for Ricky Rudd, and Ricky said, I'm not comfortable because I need my head to move. Now, he got there. And after a while, it was like, oh, we're better, we're safer. You know, we, we, you know, there was not really a big argument on head and neck restraint. We needed it. But, Darren, there still has to be a comfort for a driver to do what you guys do in these sprint cars. And how, how, do, you, how do you balance that as you, work, as you will be working going forward with individual drivers? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the, the younger generation um, is easier because this is all they've ever known. You know, uh, they, they've been in full containment seats and ponds and stuff, you know, for the most part, most of their lives. Uh, it, it's harder for, and so as us older generation sort of phases out, 
you know, we're the ones that really have to adapt and we're the ones that are probably more difficult to make changes to. Um, we're making changes because we know they're necessary and we're trying to get comfortable because it's not what we grew up doing and what we were, what we were used to. The younger generation is just using the product because they just, that's what they think they should be. But I don't know that they're necessarily educated on why, or they, they just, you know, they're the same phase we were in 20 years ago. This is just what you use. That's what everybody does. Well, you know, maybe they're not, going through all the finer details of, okay, this is why, and this is how it really needs to be done. So they're a little bit easier just because they're used to it more. Um, and then the, the older generation, obviously, we just have to be a little more open-minded that, you know, technology is a good thing. And that uh, while we might be uncomfortable for a little bit, uh, we've got to be willing to adapt and to try new things and figure out, and then obviously work with the manufacturers to make sure that we're comfortable um, in what has been proven to be, you know, safe, uh, better safety equipment. Yeah, that's well said. You know, you, you mentioned like educating the younger kids. I always would think of times where someone would come along and say, hey, your seatbelts aren't installed right. You've got the best belts, but they're not put in right. Or your seat's here, but it should actually have these bolts. That whole part of it is, is honestly, to me, it seems like a bigger part is the education process. 100%. We, I, I see that all the time. And, that, and there's a, a balancing act on, you know, um, you know, me and Dave Sharpley talk about this all the time, a great friend of mine that, that was Sharp Advantage. And, you know, he sees it all the time and he wants to go up and, and it's how do you go and tell somebody that what they have, they have great stuff, but how do you tell them it's done wrong mm-hmm. without them getting insulted or think that you're just trying to sell them something or, you know, be, be a know-it-all. Like there's, there's that balancing act of how do you educate and get people to look at this stuff in a way that is respectful, that you're just trying to look out for them and say, listen, you don't need to buy anything. You just need to look at how this is done because this is not done correctly or it could be done better. So, um, you know, the video we put out, I think was a great tool. I don't think it's been used as much as we would like to especially when we see some of these still very common mistakes on people that are spending the right amount of money and buying the right stuff, but yet it's not, you know, installed in the car right. So educating and trying to, uh, you know, let people know uh, that there are uh, channels out there just to get information that it's not always about just trying to get somebody's business or money. I mean, obviously there, there's some of us that are going to be in that form of it, but, we just want people to be educated enough to make a decision to install and, and, and you know, use their money wisely and, and uh, make sure it's installed in the car right. And if you, uh, you, you, you choose to check out that video Derek referenced, uh, Sharp Advantage, we had Dave on last fall. We had him on talking mm-hmm. about a lot of this specific stuff, and Darren and Dave created a video, and you can go to Sharp Advantage and, and, and check that video out, and that'll give you some really, really good insight. So when we look at Ultra Shield and Darren, um, you've talked about seats. Is it, is it exclusively seats, or, or are, are there other products that you're, you, you manufacture and are going to, going to distribute and sell as well? Yeah, no, absolutely not. No, seats are obviously probably the uh, biggest portion of our business. It is, um, you know, I think, and, you know, I think for the most part, people may, um, Ultra Shield originally started off as a tear-off company. We still do tear-offs. We still make a lot of tear-offs. And that is a big part of it. Um, we are the only uh, single-layer tear-off um, company out there. Uh, so that is 
uh, a portion of it, uh, seat belts and uh, cage net, um, window net, uh, stuff like that is another portion, portion of it as well. And uh, then obviously the seat. So um, there's obviously some avenues that we want to, you know, we want to try to work on each of our, our products and, and try and make them a little bit better. And, and, the, and the seat, we have a great product with the seat now. It's maybe a little bit unknown just because, um, you know, for various reasons from advertising standpoint, uh, you know, that we're going to try to do a little bit better job and me being out there and, and, you know, really trying to showcase what we are capable of. Um, so, and then obviously some, some other, uh, product lines that uh, we're going to look into getting into. So, uh, those are really basically the three breakdowns of, um, you know, the biggest portions of the business. Wow. That's impressive. Darren, switching topics a little bit, uh, the driving side, you, uh, for as long as I've known you, which I don't even want to mention how many years it might be now, you've been a full-time driver. What has it been like to kind of step away from that? I know you're going to run a, a 25 or so races with Swindells this year. But how has it been? I know you've been super busy with everything you have going on, but it's still got to be weird to not be at the racetrack most weekends. Yeah, I, I'm surprised how weird it hasn't been, to be honest with you. And, and I, I um, you know, when I made this decision, I felt like the timing was right and I felt like it was the right decision. But until you start missing races, I still have in the back of my mind, like, man, am I going to be okay with this? And, um, yeah, I, I, I've been really pleasantly surprised at how okay I am with not being there. Still a big fan. I love watching. Um, you know, I don't watch all of them, but you know, I at least see the highlights of every race and or catch portions of it. So um it's been a big, you know, adjustment, but I haven't found that um, you know, I just couldn't stand being on the sideline. Uh, you know, saying that, uh, I'm excited to get back to racing and, and I still want to run and, and try to compete at a really high level, but, you know, I want to do it at places that I want to go and, and on a part-time basis that, um, you know, it's not my only, uh, it's not my livelihood anymore. And so I think I'll really have a different perspective, um, you know, really at the racetrack and, and behind the wheel, it's, uh, it's, you know, a bad night now, um, may not ruin my week as it has in the past. Um, but uh, I still no doubt think that uh, I can compete in the right situation at a high level. And, and I think that me and Kevin have, um, you know, obviously Kevin feels the same way and uh, excited to see uh, what we can do this weekend. So you, so you said you've done well not being at the racetrack. You watched some of the highlights. Have you gone to any events as a non-driver or have you not done that yet? Yeah, I did go to Kokomo. Okay. Uh, so that's the only race that I've been to. Uh, we went to Kokomo. We were actually going to make it to Devil's Bowl as well. We were, had just gotten to Texas, and then it, it rained out. But, uh, but yeah, we, we, we took the whole family. My kids were pumped. We uh, walked around and, and hung out in uh, the pit area all night long at, at uh, Kokomo and enjoyed, enjoyed the race, and that actually was fine as well. I, it helped that I don't really love Kokomo. I mean, it's a great racetrack, but it's not a place that I, you know, am super excited to go run every time just because I don't normally run that good. So uh, going to devil's bowl and watching would have definitely been way more difficult for me, um, you know, as a driver and a place that I really love to go to. So uh, I think Kokomo was a great, uh, you know, honestly, I was walking in Kokomo going, you know what, if somebody offers me a ride today, like I don't want to do it. So like, I'm fine with, you know, like I'm fine with not doing it, even though I was there. 
where there are certain tracks that I would not be okay with that. Like I would, you know, be jumping to get behind the wheel, uh, you know, for sure. So you're doing well with this transition, but I think the better question is, how is Mandy handling not being at the racetrack every weekend? Yeah, you, you know her well. That's a great question. <laughs> I, you know, she's she's tough and uh, puts on a brave face, but I can tell I think this uh, bothers her probably more than it does me. So, uh absolutely so she she'll she'll catch she'll come and peek at my phone every once in a while but she's kind of sort of just tuned it out quite a bit because I, I do think it bothers her and you know she was just so used to being at the track and and dealing with fans and I mean she said the other night she she even made the comment that she missed the t-shirt trailer and dealing with the fans and I'm like but most of the time when I got in the in the motorhome afterwards, all you did was you, you hated the t-shirt trailer and hated that, you, you know, she's like, no, I just complained about it. But I, you know, that was our life and that was she loved. So it's, uh, it's definitely been a big change for her as well. And, and, you know, I, she's adapting, but um, I'm not so sure that, that me retiring hasn't been harder on her than me. Okay. So now we've got Darren taken care of. We got Mandy. Okay. <laughs> Your daughters. Okay. I, it, it, sprint car racing is strange in that, in sprint car racing, there are certain ones of you, you and Mandy. We always talk about the Wilsons back years ago, the Jacobs, Kendra. We've talked yeah. about this. You guys, are, are the girls ready for normal? I mean, <laughs> like like school and not going on field trips every day and not riding the horses at Jackson every year. I mean, are the girls ready for normal? <laughs> they, they better be. They're going to have to. Uh, my youngest one is. My youngest is for sure. She's excited to go to school. My oldest, it's going to be a big change for her. So um, she's not quite as optimistic or enthusiastic about it as, as Katie is. But uh, they know we're going to the racetrack this weekend. And, I mean, this is a perfect example that my youngest is a spinning image of my wife because she said, where are we going? And I said, Eldora. And she goes, awesome. Is that the place with the great pizza? So, I mean, that's how she associates racetrack, which she's wrong. She's thinking of Williams Grove because they love the, the pizza at Williams Grove. Uh, so she was confused, but you know, that's, that's basically how she gets excited about racetracks is what food they have and what she's going to get to eat that night. But, uh, so they're excited to go back this weekend and, uh, they love going to Kokomo and being able to walk around and, and visit everybody that, uh, you know, they hadn't seen all year. So, uh, luckily, they're still young enough. They, you know, it's all they've known, but they're young enough that adapting is a little easier than it is for us older people. A, I go to racetracks because of the food. Okay, <laughs> so I excited. understand that totally. But you know, you know, Darren, what strikes me, and and last year I went to Lakeside. That was where Shane won in Jason's car, and Jax, your kids. There's a network of your kids. Where that is their that has been their life. Their buddies, Jacks, uh, you know, Jacks, and, and and everyone like that, Jack Johnson, and all the kids like that. This, th- those little kids have a really neat network. That had to be cool for them to be at Kokomo and see some of their buddies. Yeah, absolutely. They were, they were, they were excited to go see Zan at the t-shirt trailer Zan, and yeah. see Sheldon and Brad and the people that you know they were just used to seeing every night and loved walking up and down the pits and, and talking to everybody. So. Cool. Um, like I said, it's uh, like, not only a big change for me, but, you know, for our whole family. And, um, you know, until you do it, I didn't really know how it was going to go or how we'd adapt. But I'd say we're, you know, adapting as, as well as could be expected. And uh, 
I, I may be doing the best out of out of all of them, but uh, <laughs> it, it's definitely something that uh, every day that goes by it just sort of reaffirms that uh, you know the timing was right, and um, you know I'm excited about the position we're in with the business. I'm excited about the position I'm in to, to be able to run Kevin's car, and um, you know hopefully uh, you know he's never won an outlaw race, so that's our goal is to uh, try to get him his first outlaw outlaw win this year. Well, that would be great. So you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that you're under contract on a house in Texas. I have to ask, is it, is it the house that had the sprint car simulator already set up for you? <laughs> no, it is not. No, it's, it's not that house. So, uh, but I did find that amusing. I thought, what are the odds of that? I mean, we're, I feel like we're a pretty small niche uh, community. But I will say that this caught me off guard as well. So not that house, but we did meet the homeowners of the house that we do have a contract on. And, and he talked for a few minutes, and I kind of thought some of the things he was saying was a little weird. And then he stopped, and he goes, by the way, I'm actually a fan. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So, I mean, I had no idea if he, you know, didn't assume, totally assumed he has no idea who I am. He goes, but I got to say, my wife is a really big Casey Kane fan. So <laughs> that was pretty funny. So, uh, so they were, uh, you know, I don't know how devoted Sprint Car fans or just sort of knew a little bit about it. But, uh, so, yeah, it's, a, it's always a small world. and. You know, you never know who you're going to run into or how they may know who you are. Need to have Casey give Mama a call there and get negotiate that price down a little bit there. <laughs> That's what you need. Get uh, get the KKR discount, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, meet and greet. Absolutely. Or a yeah. meet and greet, yeah. Yeah, a house purchase with a meet and greet. How about that? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that is awesome. Darren, final question for you. Um, and you've talked about the relative ease of this transition for you, and you're not done racing sprint cars. There's more wins. But it has got to be being a World of Outlaw champion and an 86-time winner, there's got to be something, uh, some degree of satisfaction that that chapter of your life was highly successful as you move on to the next chapter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like I'm walking away from a full-time standpoint. And when I say walk away, I really just sort of compare, you know, I mean, Stevie Smith walked away and sort of disappeared for a little while and came back and, and was right where he left off. Yeah. I mean, competed at an unbelievably high level for, you know, whatever, three, four, five years with um, Fred. And, um, you know, so by no means do I think my – you know, career is over, but I, as a full time and, and what I did for a living, yeah, I'm walking away completely satisfied um, with how that went. Um, sure, I'd love to have some do overs, wouldn't we all? But yeah. uh, at the end of the day, really proud of uh, what I was able or what we were able to accomplish um, with the teams that we were and uh, wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. So, no, absolutely. It's a, look back over it and to think that that all started as, you know, a kid with a dream, just trying to figure out a way to drive a race car for a living and, um, you know, to end up with some of the accomplishments we did. Um, absolutely no regret. Don't think for one second that, you know, I'm really leaving anything out on the table that I, I'm walking away too early and um, just really at peace with, uh, you know, uh, how it all went down. Okay, I said the last question, but this will be the last one. I promise you, okay? Um, Paul McMahon tried the part-time thing, and that didn't work out for him. Are you confident you can do part-time better than Paul McMahon's going to do is doing part-time? I don't know. I, I mean, that's yet to be determined. So, unfortunately, he, uh, you know, he's got a job that seems to be pretty uh, forgiving yeah. and allowing to, to go and do some racing. 
I can tell you as a business owner, I'm not going to have that luxury. So um, luckily, I, I mean, I'm using my racing as an excuse to go and still be working and promote our product and hopefully, you know, drum up sales and, and exposure. So I, I guess I'm, I'm calling it that I'm not leaving to go on vacation uh, when we do go race, but the demands and what I have to learn here at the business, it's probably going to just get tougher. It, it will definitely be difficult for, a, you know, for the first few years to be able, be able to get away to do much racing. Maybe that will get easier um, as time goes on. Maybe if we, you know, if business continues to go like it is, then uh, maybe it'll get harder. Uh, that's still to be determined, but obviously uh, our business will be our number one priority and focus. And uh, we'll just try to squeeze in um, what, kind of, what kind of racing we can find in, in, in between. Very fair. That's for sure. Darren, it is always a pleasure to chat. I'm fairly confident we will go going, we will going forward, but uh, continue. Uh, we wish you the best with your new venture there in Texas. And uh, thanks for uh, all your insight here today on Wing Nation. No problem. Thanks for having me on. I know you always howl on the winners, so maybe next time, hopefully we can get on for uh, actually winning something. Boy, that'd be sweet, wouldn't it? We'll do that. We'll plan on that'd that. Be... <laughs> all right. Sounds good. You got it. Darren Pittman. Yep. Joining us there. How about that? Pretty cool stuff, isn't it? Yes, very cool. We started talking about the transitions, the changes in life, and here's a guy going through it, but you don't think about the other people in his world, and they're probably, and he's right, Mandy. Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, they met at the racetrack. She grew up with her dad racing, and for as long as I've known Mandy, she's always there with Darren, whether it's selling T-shirts or working on the business aspect. Like, she's just his number one. Yeah. So when he started saying he was doing well, I was thinking, hmm, I wonder if Mandy's doing yeah, as well. Yeah, I think we got the final score. He's doing best of the four of them. So uh, that's funny stuff. Really good stuff. Always great to catch up with Darren Pittman. Over the years, Dryden has stood for uncompromised value and proven performance. Known as the hardest working brand in heavy-duty lubrication, Dryden's heritage is made in America and made to last. Drydeen products work to increase the life and enhance the efficiency of your equipment in the toughest conditions. Learn more about Drydeen's products at Drydeen.com. From grassroots racing to NASCAR, Drydeen is a proud supporter of racing everywhere. For a year-round high-quality eating experience, look no further than sage fruit, apples, pears, and cherries. Not only is their produce healthy, but they are grown with such care and precision that you can count on each piece of fruit having exceptional flavor. Sage Fruit, it's our first choice for quick and easy snacking. Wing Nation presented by Dryden, by DRF Oil, and by, um, we're in the Hercules Tire Studios. Not not and by everyone else, it's where we're at. We're in the Hercules Tire Studios. Uh, Let's take a look at our Sprint Car Hall of Fame birthday calendar. A little uh, quiet early week uh, when we get to uh, Wednesday, yesterday, Dwayne Pappy Carter Sr., Mark Kinzer, Rip Williams, uh, Dave Steele would have had a birthday tomorrow, Friday, A.J. Watson Saturday. Today would have been the birthday of Lloyd Beckman. Beckman is a 2002 inductee into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. He was from rural Nebraska, and he teamed up with your buddy, Speedy Bill mm-hmm. Smith. Your buddy. You're the queen of speed you at bet. his museum. Uh, he teamed up, and they won a ton of yeah. races. Everywhere, every time, championships. I tried to find some numbers, and of course, during that era, numbers are tough to come by. Mm-hmm. One of the things that struck me, though, you're 19, I'm just, just going to say this. Do you remember 1977? You probably don't. 
1977. Nope. Doug Wolfgang had a 10 straight run of wins at Knoxville, and uh, Lloyd Beckman's won one week 11. Really? And ended the uh, streak. Lloyd Beckman won races up until 68 years of age driving a sprint car. Pretty cool stuff. I don't see that too much. No, anymore. you don't. No, you really don't. <laughs> Passed away in 2000, but forever enshrined in the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Turn number two, one sprint car place in Knoxville, Iowa, a place where both you and I have not one, but two visits to this year yes you bet yes exactly and when you are there or you want to support the sprint car hall of fame win a z51 corvette it's an elkhart lake blue metallic lt3 corvette drawing is going to be right before the knoxville nationals you can go to www.winaz51corvette.com or sprint car hall uh, sprint car hof you can do that so Neat stuff. Our friends at the Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum love that place. Can't wait to get out there twice this year. You're going out for SRX and the Nationals. I've got the Truck Series race, the NASCAR Truck Series race and the Nationals. Making up for our lack of visits last year. Lack of visits last year, for sure. Uh, World of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. Uh, We've uh, got Eldora this weekend. Let's race two. Hashtag let's race two. I love this. World of Outlaw Sprint Cars and the Amsoil USAC National Sprint Cars. Yeah, I like You're that a sprint car fan, man. I'm telling you what, it is on at Eldora. First time fans there in 20 months. Man, I'll tell you what, can't wait to see what happens. Lucas Oil ASCS National Tour. They're in the great state of Michigan, Lake Odessa, Michigan, at I-96 Speedway. They are paired up with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, and you can catch all of their action on Flow Racing. Other racing action, Lernerville. Uh, Williams Grove, it's getting close to the most wonderful time of the year for Posse fans. It is Outlaw Tune-Up Show. And uh, so by this time next week, it'll be game on up there. There will be, have already been copious amounts of amber fluid consumed by Thursday of... uh, of race week up at uh, Williams Grove, and uh, and of course uh, next week is uh, of course Lincoln. Uh, Saturday night ba- uh, Butler Battlegrounds IRA bumper to bumper sprints are at Cedar Lake. The fabulous Lincoln Speedway, Ohio Valley Sprint Car Association is at Muskingum County in Dresden, Ohio. Port Royal Sharon, St. Francis, and Wayne County. And oh, speaking of amber <laughs> fluid. This week in Knoxville, Bush Light Night, yes, $1 Bush Light Beers. Bush Latte. Bush Latte, that's for <laughs> sure. Oh, by the way, they have 410s, 360 in the oh, Pro yeah. Sprint still. $1 Beer Night, only Kendra Dangerous. Jacobs can pull this off. You imagine pitching this to the fair board <laughs> and then pitching this to Bush, and they'll buy it. Only one person can make that happen. That's Kendra Jacobs. You're right. That is a night at the racetrack made by Kendra Jacobs for sprint car fans worldwide. So that is this Saturday night, $1 beer night. Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. Great stuff, that's for sure. Speaking of great stuff, look at this shirt. Not necessarily the model of it, okay? But um, Wing Nation gear. We have 10th anniversary stuff available at wingnation.com. That's wingnation.com. Or if you're going to all-star races, uh, we're on the All-Star Trail. Good display. Uh, we've got the blue. We've got the black. We've got the gray. We've got orange. the orange. The orange one. There's one with palm trees. You I like them. both those. You yeah, like those, those are my favorites. Yeah, we got caps. we got sweatshirts. So wingnation.com. That's www.wingnation.com. And, of course, all of our old shows are archived there. We're very active on Facebook, on Twitter, with our social media stuff, and our YouTube page. 
as all of our guests and shows as well. So lots and lots of stuff. And coming up this weekend on Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit on television, it is Danny Dietrich talking about Pennsylvania posse mm-hmm. racing. So been a fun week. It has. Yeah, we had a little overtime because our TV show, Ashley Strummy, normally does that, but she's in the move process. Um, I think she's doing all right. Sounds like everything's going good in Pennsylvania. And uh, so it was fun hanging out with you for the TV show. Always fun hanging out for Tuesday and Thursday as well. We appreciate Darren Pittman. Always fun to hang out with him. But more important than all of that, thank you for joining us as listeners and viewers here of Wing Nation presented by Drydeen and DRF Racing Oils. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.